1932, college football was rocked by scandal, when Huxley College introduced some unconventional tactics, both on and off the field. Two criminal bootleggers were given a late enrollment as students and athletes by the newly minted president of the college. Today on the podcast, Professor Quincy Adams Wagstaff, Horse Feathers. You realize what it means if Huxley loses this game? It means shame, disgrace, humiliation! Welcome to Absolutely True True Crime, a deadly serious podcast. Uh, I'm Claire, and as always, I'm joined by two two of my friends and two people who love true true crime as much as I do, Brad and Tammy. Hi, guys. Why, hello. Hi. Stop saying Hi. that we love yeah, true crime. I, we don't, I don't love like true, true crime. We love it so much, we do a podcast about it. We do not um, love crime. I just think it should be discussed, because I feel like we cover cases that other podcasts don't. Yeah. So I, I just think it's important to... So, so people get a full picture of what true crime, true true crime, looks like. Yeah. But that doesn't mean yeah. I like it. I mean, I like. I feel like it's my duty. Like it's a, you know, I know about I'm bringing it, so these I stories to the people. Exactly. So you don't have to say that I, I enjoy true crime. That's I don't think that that's true, or true true, <laughs> or true true. Lie <laughs> lie podcast. All right, serious guys, talking about crime here today. So we are going to be discussing the um, actually the the documentary is called Horse Feathers. But we're we're talking about um, Quincy Adams Wagstaff, who's the president of Huxley College. So that's that's who we're really discussing today. This is quite an old one. It yeah. is. So this um, crime took place in the early 1930s, 1932. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was not familiar with this uh, this documentary. Were you, Tammy? I I had um, heard of the documentary, but I had not seen it previously. No. And at first, when I mean. Now let's be clear. It was like so between the three of us, Brad knows all the sports facts, and this is a sports-based yeah. movie. So that's probably clear why you and I hadn't really like focused in on it before. Absolutely. And Brad really had to explain to us about the crime. So you know, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll be talking about it. And now that Claire and I have watched the documentary, we understand it a bit more. But yeah, Brad, you you brought this to us, and we were like, "What is football?" <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it, guys. There's a lot of things about football. People people need to learn. Um, the thing I learned a few years ago is that football has both an end zone and goal posts. Those are two oh. separate things that are in football. But is the... Or soccer. The goal, but the goal post is in the end zone though right but well, it's two you know, separate this, things yeah these are two they're two separate things i think okay. that's what's important um you know most people would say um a, a game only needs like one of those two things seemingly uh but football takes it up a notch and says we're gonna have both end zones and goal posts yeah i think the mm. thing i did find um interesting but also confusing in this movie so brad maybe you have some insight on this was like it seems like they're speaking a secret language like there's a lot of yeah. um of uh signals that they give verbally sure. to each other that i was really like rhymes. oh yeah yeah definitely a rhyme scheme that happens so is that mm-hmm. like specific to football oh i i know that well that's that's a very important thing in football um if uh, you ever i i i remember distinctly the uh, um the documentary uh, television series the brady bunch i remember there was mm. definitely an episode that dealt with um stealing uh, um um football play codes Oh, okay. So right. that's I, I know about that. That's another documentary. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not gonna have time to get into the Brady no. Bunch because that's a whole series of, of definite crimes. 
Yeah. I, I have watched a lot of that um, documentary series, and you're right, there's a lot of crimes that happen. Um, it's a but crime yeah. family. <laughs> Thank you. Entire family of criminals. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I found that very interesting. But I guess, uh, Claire, did you have any other football class questions before we get started? Well, I mean, obviously, I would call this American football. Oh, um, yes, true. Being a Brit, um, because football for me is, my football is your soccer. So, you know, obviously there's that. Just to make things even more confusing. Yeah, I, I know nothing about I, barely either of these things. So so when you say that this is football, I'm like, but why is the ball not round? Mm. Claire, y- you expect people in America to uh, to play football with just kicking a ball around with their feet? That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You gotta throw it around and get the to those other end zones. Thing. Yeah, you're right. You gotta throw it around with your hands, even though it's a football. Yeah. It's 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 all very confusing, but I feel like this documentary does a pretty good job of um, really focusing on on the crime. So there's not as much um, ancillary football discussion. So that's good because I think I would have really been lost. So I was very lost during the the football game that yeah. took place in this. Yeah, which, which I expect that Brad will take over when we're discussing the game itself. So you know, I think yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's the important part uh, of the documentary. Okay. I think right. uh, you know I think really the crimes crimes are what's most important and y- the ancillary details of the actual game itself i think we, i think we get the big picture there's a ball sometimes they're throwing it sometimes they're kicking it um they get points there's end zones and a goal posts and uh, funny I, helmets because I mean, it's the I, 1930s yeah yeah th- those helmets Woo. uh i i will say a, a couple of things up top about this documentary is that um that football scene which we, we you're right we probably won't get into too deeply um that but that documentation of that football game is um listed as one of espn top 11s in football history so i will say that and also that on the uh there it will talk about some folks that obviously this crime is relevant to um but there is an image with um pinky and it looks like uh yeah okay. it's got uh, pinky and bravelli professor Same. wagstaff and uh um his son frank wagstaff yes um yeah and all of that that image is on the cover of time magazine in 1932 wow. as well yeah so the it's a really interesting crime um because it was so famous at the time and yet like Claire and I had no no clue really <laughs> well guys um yeah unfortunately this episode's coming out a little late um as we're recording this um uh Super Bowl is happening um, oh yeah is it next week uh yes yes the first so it's weekend in February it's, yeah it's I mean it's it's almost it's, that time it's that it's almost that time for us it's in the past for you you guys know the winners yeah. you guys already know about the big winner of the big game and both of those teams that we're not gonna mention because everybody knows who they are I I actually <gasps> guys I know one of them. <laughs> and only Ooh, because... Well, a pop quiz, Tammy. Can you name one of them? Yeah, I, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because they're in Tampa and the uh, Super Bowl is taking place in Tampa and that like either never happens or rarely happens where the game and the team are... Like the the people, the teams in the game are in the city that they normally play in. I don't know, something like that. It's like a big deal that it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing <laughs> in Tampa for the Super Bowl. Well, and you're correct. You're correct. I yes. knew that, and uh, I just wanted to uh, see if anyone else knew. Yeah, that, and and I don't even know why I know this. 
Even though I live in Florida, you would think that would be the answer of why I know this. Nope. No clue. No clue why I know that. So You just like following pirate football. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, we know about pirates on, on this podcast, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You gotta, you gotta keep an eye on those pirates, whether in football or on the sea or wherever. You gotta keep an eye. It's true. Uh, that's a fact. Yeah. I've said for a long yeah, time. See our previous think- episode. <laughs> I've I've said for a long time I don't think we should let these these uh, criminals off of their boats to play in football games, but I've been yep. outruled. So yeah, yeah. I, I sorry, Brian. Yeah, I mean you were on that football board decision making process, and it's really sad that it was overturned and you didn't yeah. get your way. Okay, let's get let's get into this crime <laughs> now that we've really stretched our football knowledge. All right. Yeah. So if uh, we do uh, start off right away, they they get into this documentary, guys. You don't get a lot of of riffraff at, at the beginning. You don't get a lot of history. We just get we right don't know into the backstory it. of we a lot of these no. characters. No, and who who needs it, right? We're just getting to the crime, right? You know, pretty early on. Um, yeah. So we have Professor Quincy Adams Wagstaff. He is the new president of Huxley College, and this is the college his son Frank attends. And honestly, he only came to that college to become president is because he wanted his son out of the college. No, I mean, this college- He's been there for a while. Yeah, Yeah. son's been in college for quite a while. Was it 12 years, I think? Yeah. Yeah, 12 years. Really taking his time. But also, like, this college has been going through uh, um, uh, presidents, like, at a ridiculous rate. So they can't seem to hold uh, an administrative staff together. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, I don't don't think they do this now, but, like, at the time, they made a big deal. A lot of ceremony around having a new college president. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe because they couldn't keep... um, presidents that's why he might be considered a bit of an unconventional choice brad or you know i just thought maybe they just enjoy a lot of pomp and circumstance at this college and therefore definitely they just wanted to turn over the presidency so they could just keep having more uh uh, more ceremonies i think (laughs) right i mean makes sense yeah Yeah, Yeah. i mean Um, ceremonies are always fun academia (laughs) loves um ridiculous ceremonies yeah yeah it's true um you know so they do have this this uh I was going to call it a show, but it's really like a ceremony, but it's practically, I mean, again, we just uh, said they have this all the time, so it's like a show for them, Um, in front of the whole student body announcing their new president. And what's really embarrassing, well, I thought was embarrassing is uh, Mr. Wagstaff actually even calls out his son during the presentation. Yeah, it's like, embarrassing when your parents do uh, that. Yeah, like, hey, where's my son, Frank? I know he's out here somewhere. It's like, oh my God, please. Yeah. <laughs> but he is there. He was hiding um, underneath a, a female student, but he was there. Uh, but yeah, this this school is not doing well. We Like you said, they've had some turnover um, they're, and we find out that their football team is just crap. Uh, why is that important, Brad? Why is it important that a football team does well for college? Well, you see, um, much like now, uh, a lot of money goes into college football, and uh, a lot of uh, people um, seem to see uh, the college football programs as possibly overshadowing the academics. So, obviously, they want to have a good football record uh, because there are multiple people that uh, um, would would find that more important than academics at a university, which is a 
choice that can be made in a society which mm. one can or cannot agree with. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. So it is important for them to have in this in this case, it was important for them to have a good football team, but um but they do not. Uh Wagstaff also, again, is trying to get his son out of the college because his son has been there forever. Um, and also he just seems to be infatuated with females, and that's all he focuses on. He's not really focusing yeah. on his studies anyway. So what is the point of him staying in this college? Even yes. though at nineteen thirty-two, I'm sure it costs five cents to send someone to oh, college. Yeah. Yeah. Sense for twelve years at college, <laughs> or free. Like at this or point, free. like yeah. a lot of colleges were free. Yeah, um, are wildly inexpensive. Yeah, um, nineteen thirty-two. Come on, come on. <laughs> Uh, and he specifically is not happy with his son Frank uh, trying to date Connie Bailey, Correct. who is the, the college campus widow. college widow. Yes, yeah. and uh, I did have to look this up because I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> that is a term that has certainly fallen out of favor. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so a college widow is a non-college female who hangs around uh, with students year after year to associate with the male students. Which also, mm. that's just a terrible thing to call somebody. Well, then she she's the college widow because as the students graduate and move on, yep. then she has to find a new beau. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, this is just some 1930s slut shaming. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, you know, and but they really, they really throw this term around as though it's a title. Yeah, like she's the yeah, college though, widow. Oh, you know, every college has a college widow. Hmm, it's like a mascot. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Huxley, the Huxley widows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so, and you know, and Wagstaff understands, he apparently hung out, and I'm gonna just use their terms, guys, I don't agree with this term, I do, I also agree with that, it's 1932 slut-shaming, but he uses the term, he also hung out with the widows back in his day as well. So he knows a lot about them, and that's why he wants his son to stay away from this college widow, although I feel like if Connie stayed with, <laughs> stayed with Frank, she never would have been a widow, because that guy was never leaving college, so... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but he even tells his son, he really, uh, he really, uh, Wagstaff is really just not happy with his son. He even calls his son, um, that he's bringing disgrace to the family name. Right. So. And uh, that's. Where's, where's uh, Ma Wagstaff, you think? Where's what? Where's Ma Wagstaff? Oh. I don't know. No, we, didn't, we don't find out about her, do we? No, I don't think so. No. Don't, don't, don't think she's in the picture. No. I mean, it was 1932. She could have she could have had a, a period, and they would have said she was insane and sent her into an asylum. So I don't know. <laughs> or she could have died That's of a true. splinter or something. It's yeah, like exactly. crazy times. There's just never. You don't know. 19, 1932 was wild. <laughs> yeah, she didn't make it through the depression. <laughs> My God. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, but it's actually Frank that uh, puts the idea in his father's head mm -hmm. that their their biggest problem is that they need to uh, boost the football team to uh, defeat uh, um, Darwin College, and the best way to do that is probably to uh, to uh, buy off some football players. Yeah, yeah, and he tells them that because he said that they've had. This is where we learn about how many presidents they've had uh, for this college. As he says, they've had a new president each year since 1888. Wow. <laughs> 
And he says that that was the last year the college had a winning football team was in 1888. Um, mm. But yeah, so it's they can't just be a good football team. They have to be a winning team. And they would need some solid players to, you know, bolster up their, their sad sack college, <laughs> college <laughs> team. <laughs> <laughs> so he asked son like nothing oh, worse than a sad sack college team i mean Oof. with their <laughs> with their college widows just out there everywhere wearing fabulous clothes just <laughs> really oh she she did have the best wardrobe she, she really did. oh absolutely um and on a college widow's salary <laughs> seriously <laughs> I would, I feel like, honestly, great profession because she is making bank, living the life and just waiting for these dudes to move on out, move over and a new youngin come in. (laughs) uh, I'm going to share with you guys, (laughs) just because I think it's uh, funny, uh, about a little about one of her uh, outfits that we do see in this documentary. Again, 1932 fashion. It's, you know, a black lace number you guys remember. Um, It's obviously got lining in it, but it's like a pantsuit and it's this black lace little bolero jacket. It's connected. Very cool. Um, I follow someone on Twitter who uh, watches fashion shows and there there was a Fendi one, um, I think like a week or two ago, like during fashion week or something. And it's like the spring summer collection for Fendi. And there was an outfit that was very similar to this outfit from 1932. Nice. But no lining. This poor model had on like granny panties. It's like a whole thing where they're just trying to be like, oh, look, it's sheer. And she's not wearing anything underneath except these stupid granny panties. And it was just terrible. And I actually posted to Twitter. I was like, this is what this Fendi was trying to do, was achieve this look from 1932 (laughs) and did not (laughs) do it. And failed miserably. failed fucking miserably. Um, But yeah, I'm so into fashion that I follow (laughs) a fashion Twitter account. (laughs) Nice. Um, all right, so so he asked Frank, okay, where can we get some football players? Because, I mean, Wagstaff is new to the area. He's not been to Huxley College. I mean, he's just trying to get his son out. So he doesn't know. So Frank tells him um, that athletes can be recruited for the college at the local speakeasy. Um, yeah. And they get recruited and they can play upcoming games against other schools. Um, and their arch rival school is Darwin College. So that's like the next big game that's coming up. And Wagstaff says, isn't that against the law, selling football players and a speaky, but Frank says that um, it would be unethical for him as a student, uh, but since his dad is a new president, that he could probably go to the speakeasy and do this. So maybe we'll talk about whether that's legal or not later on. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we Uh, shall. (laughs) Or we won't. I don't know. (laughs) I haven't figured it out yet. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that that's kind of the, the essence of the crime is uh, Wagstaff going to a speak higher professional football players play in this college level game. Now, Wagstaff. Yes. I don't know if he is the brightest guy. What? We what do, you do mean? know he did go to three different colleges in 12 years. But I don't know. He's brighter than his son then. What happened? He's brighter than Frank then. Y- yeah, because Frank stayed in the same college for 12 years. So he went to three different colleges. Well, did But did he graduate in any of those? I, I don't know. I don't know. Did he just focus on the widows of those different colleges? I, I, <laughs> I definitely. Mean, listen, he is definitely. the president of a college now, so he's doing fine. <laughs> Um, so in the local city, uh, the head of Darwin College, his name is Jennings, 
he's already recruited two professional players, so he's also doing that. The two professional players he's recruited is Mullen and McCart- McCarthy. Um, so he he's already like, my college is in, Huxley's definitely gonna lose, and one of the speaky regulars um, is Baravelli, mm-hmm. um, and he works in the back room, he's a bootlegger, he's an ice man. Ice man. And he's sitting- It's so weird thinking they used to be ice, ice men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. It's like, I, it's just- I don't understand how anything worked back in the day. It's no. so, like, the idea of, like, getting, like, a giant block of ice delivered. It, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just hand it to you with their, their hands, Brad. Mm, I don't know. I, like, I, I, like, I'm unhappy with with my freezer because it doesn't have an ice maker. And I have to yeah. use, like, just shitty, uh, yeah. um, you know, just the regular plastic ice cube trays. Like, I'm unhappy with that. You're basically your own ice man. But, like, mm-hmm. if I had to have, like, somebody, like, drop off a block of ice to keep my refrigerator cool, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't. Um, so, but yeah, Barabilly's is actually kind of everything. He's a bootlegger, he's an ice man, he's the doorman, he, like, works everything at that speakeasy. He's all yeah. over the place. Um, so we have him at the speakeasy, and so Wagstaff gets to the speakeasy, um, and thinks that Barabelli is one of the men he's supposed to be hiring. Yeah. Um. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because he just sees him doing every other job, so he's like, oh, true. So he's like, I must be a footballer as well. Yeah. Uh, Baravelli does have a partner, and I, I think this might be where the confusion sets in, because he knows he's looking for these two guys. He doesn't realize it's Mullen McCarthy, but he sees Baravelli, whose partner, Pinky, is the t- town dog catcher, also an Iceman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe he kind of thinks, oh, it must be these two guys. I mean, I obviously don't know a lot about football, but in the documentary. Do you know I, much about dog catching? I know. But I feel like if I saw these two guys, I wouldn't automatically think, oh, these guys are good at football. Well, I think yeah. what you're not realizing, though, is that it's 1932. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like... Uh, all athletes of 1932 are just like anybody that didn't die in the depression and is like able-bodied and not like also killed by polio. Then you're an athlete. Yeah, then you can be an athlete. Okay, so you didn't die in World War One. are polio, are, are severely, um, are, didn't have such terrible malnutrition through the depression that you're able to function as a human being. You are, like, better than most athletes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You're not dead, so yeah. there you go. You're fully able-bodied, like... Take this football. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there was also some confusion, like, because Wagstaff does tell Baratelli, or Bar- Baravelli, not Baratelli, Baravelli, that he's looking to hire two football players that hang out around the speakeasy for this upcoming game, and yeah. Baravelli says, well, we always hang out here. <laughs> so there's a, yeah. there's a little confusion there. So Wagstaff is like, well, I guess that's all I, I want to know, so... Um, and he, he signs Baravelli and Pinky up as his football players. Yep. Um, and, and I will say that Pinky is also a, a very lucky human. I mean, some of the luck he creates, some of the luck he's just, I think, born with. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, in that speakeasy, we see him just, like, make bank. Just oh, yeah. 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 Everywhere he goes, money's following. So... You know, not really. I, I feel like that's someone you want on your team. Flux he's doing, he's doing great on the slot machines. He's doing great on the pay phones. Yeah, he's on just, the pay phone, yeah. Uh, he's doing great. Yeah. Um, so, he's a mean heart. He's doing great on the harp. Yep. 
Um, so, so, uh, so now we have Wagstaff. He's got his two football players, or who he's not the two guys Frank sent him for, but they are two people that didn't die during the Great Depression. So, so do. <laughs> so there you go. Impressive. Impressive. <laughs> Um, and, and we do have kind of, uh, they, they do want us to, like, get to know these, these folks that are involved in the crime as humans, so we do find a little bit out about Frank and his, he really does care about Connie, uh, you know, and he tells Connie, like, oh, I, I, I'm sorry I haven't seen you in a couple days, I've been actually arguing with my father about you, but don't worry, I love you. Um, you know, so we, we do have a whole, uh, we do get the backstory of a little bit about Connie and, and yeah. her involvement yeah. and her, I mean, I was glad cause just got to see in the documentary more see and more awesome outfits. outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and we do see like Wagstaff actually taking over classrooms. The guy's really getting into the fact that he's president of the school. Yeah. He's loving it. Yeah, yeah. He, of course he has to enroll uh, um, Pinky and Baravelli into the college. Yep, just he has them yeah, sign a piece of paper. Rooms. He'll fill in what's necessary later, but um, and he he goes. Uh, he says the I guess the dean of science was actually waiting for him, so he had to go to the science classroom. Yeah, they're learning about anatomy, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep, and so he kind of teaches an, anatomy. I mean, as kind of. as good as the previous professor <laughs> was that he took over for. Yeah. Um, but he has Belly and Pinky actually sit in on that uh, class well to, I guess, show that they're students. Um, but he's, he really, it's, the, these kids are not getting the college education that they paid, not paid for. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have to pay for. <laughs> but, like, in 1932, there were only, like, six things to learn, so. Yeah, that's true. I mean, once, like, you got those, like, and you have this <laughs> college degree, you're, like, set for life. Um. Is it when Wagstaff goes over to Connie's house? Yes, you're correct, yeah. Um, so Wagstaff does go over to Connie's house and kind of also tries to break them up. But we learn that Connie is, I mean, again, she's a college widow. She's with, apparently, everyone, because I guess that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's also that's with... That's what that means. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Um, she also has Jennings from Darwin College as a suitor or a friend or a something. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he thinks he's a suitor. Yeah. No. And he, I don't think it's reciprocated. He also knows that Frank is Wagstaff's son and is using Connie to get to Frank to get to Wagstaff to make sure that the football game goes the way he sees it going. Yeah. And to steal the football signals to win the, the big yeah, game. Yeah, this whole thing about football signals is so crazy to me. Oh. Yeah. Brad, explain. Uh, we've we've discussed it. We don't yeah, need yeah, to discuss yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Um. And he tell he actually tells Jennings tells Connie like, hey, don't fall in love with this fool. Which I thought was interesting because as a, a college widow, I I don't know. I I feel like in this day and age, they probably didn't think that college widows had the capacity to love a human being. So I I don't know. No. They really. They're not. They're not like other humans. <laughs> they're not like other women. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they, they all end up visiting Connie and even Wagstaff though is like, everyone kind of falls in love with Connie a little bit because she's great. Wagstaff uh, kicks his son out and then, uh, proceeds to, to make a move. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't know age-wise where she is between the two of them. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it seems like she's she's the youngest, but it's certainly yeah. hard to tell. Yeah, that was 1932 footage. It's a little difficult sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's all very confusing because you know some she's not sure who's coming, who's going because Jennings has been at her house, Wagstaff has been at her house, Frank, uh, you know, all all of them, Bearvelly and Pinky, all of them are in and out of yeah. the place. And poor thing, really, just can't even just be like, everyone, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, but, but Wagstaff is definitely making some moves on her, too. Um, and, of course, under the guise of, hey, don't be with my son. <laughs> me. Look at my mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think fathers and sons should be competing over no. women. It's not okay. I don't like it. No. It's very gross. No, it's very not okay. Yeah, and when yeah. when Frank comes in and catches his dad hitting on uh, Connie, they both act outraged at each other. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is like, uh, just why don't, there's plenty of other women, I'm sure, in the world. Please stop. <laughs> but she she does get to learn a little bit about how to play the piano. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, sure. She gets a piano lesson. Yeah, Billy has a, well, because they have to act, uh, when Jennings there, they don't want to, Baravelli is, doesn't want to give away that he's a new hired football player for Huxley College, so he pretends to be there to her actually pretends to be there to teach her for singing but decides to play the piano instead because yeah, he her just singing kind of entertains her instead yeah. mm-hmm. um what i really love is that we get a look in like the um 1932 uh college like attire of the fur coat the beanie hat and the pennant yeah, yeah. like it's especially we see it especially when uh wagstaff is bringing in baravelli he's like all right you're a college student now you need to look like one here's your fur coat here's your beanie here's your pennant now you look like a college student it's so like the fur coat thing yeah and then we see later on um uh we see oh what's his name jennings yeah jennings jennings has the fur coat as well because that's that was just considered collegiate attire yeah yeah very strange very strange yeah it's all very questionable because wagstaff also goes around wearing his little cap that they gave him so Oh yeah. I guess yeah. to show he's the president of the school. I'm not. I otherwise no one would know. No, yeah. gotta wear him. Uh, yeah, have to, have to. Otherwise, uh, how would you be considered a professor? Well, if you're guess, not wearing a professor's uh, uh, mortarboard cap. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jen- Jennings, by the way, does show up and kicks everyone out. Um, yeah. So I don't like all these guys fighting over this lady. Yeah. Well, and I feel bad for her. She's like practically like tackled herself <laughs> with uh, all mm-hmm. these these guys. Um, that's that's so, the reason we always see her just like lounging around. She just needs a break from constantly. Yeah, she's exhausted. Being molested. God. Yeah. Um, so we do get, we do end up leaving Connie there to, to kind of finally take a breath. Um, and we're, we're in the college lo- uh, football locker room and Frank tells his father that he's hired the wrong football players. This is where Frank has to break it to his dad. Um, and so Wagstaff finds Belly, who, by the way, in a locker, um, just calling play numbers to himself because he's trying to yeah, practice, practice sequence play and signals. And, um, instead of Wagstaff just like firing these two guys, uh, Belly and Pinky, he says, look, I apparently hired you guys, but I didn't mean to. I meant to hire Mullins and McCarthy, so I need to go kidnap them. (laughs) Which, I guess in 1932 is a thing that just happened. I'm not sure. (laughs) Football Um, was a ruthless business in 1932. Yeah, college football. Still is. Whoa. Actually, I have a feeling it's a ruthless business now, too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. (laughs) 
Um, so what I find creepy is that Jennings is just like hanging about. <laughs> oh yeah. I think waiting yeah, he for just Barabelli. creeps and peeps really, doesn't he? He he really does. Um, because he ends up running into Baravelli and he, uh, who is just is, does not seem like the brightest human. Um, but he tells Jennings that he's off to go kidnap two athletes, Mullins and McCarty, from the Darwin. Yeah, just tells him. Yeah, and then Jennings also gives us, look, I'll give you 500 bucks if you give me Huxley's game plans and the signals, which, you know, Bear Valley's like, sure, here, here you go. But he hands over Darwin signals, and it's because he doesn't know what he's got. <laughs> He's, he's, his idea is that he paid $200 for the yeah, for yeah. the uh, signals for Darwin, so he might as well make some profit on it. So mm-hmm. uh, this course does nothing for Jennings. But Jennings also tells uh, Baravelli uh, where he can find uh, Mullins McCarty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and he and he does, and he also lets Mullins and McCarty know, hey, these two fools are, are going to go try to kidnap you. Yeah, they are, they are very unbothered. No, yeah, no. not at all. Uh, meanwhile, uh, they're still after those um, football plans. So uh, they, uh, so now uh, Connie's going to try to get the uh, um, yeah. signals directly from Wagstaff. Yeah, which is interesting that Wagstaff has the signals on him, like mm. as he's just out about town. Yeah, like, yeah why, does, why does a college safe, president? Dude. Why does a college president need the football signals? I don't know. I guess because at this point, it's the only thing that he's concerned about. Uh-huh. I mean, not too different from other colleges. I would exactly. I would, I would guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Connie is not very good, by the way, at, at doing this. Um, no. so she takes she takes Wagstaff out on a date, um, onto the on a little boat, and um, she tries to use baby talk on him. Oof. Yeah, and he's immediately like, no. Yeah, he's like, no, thank you. That should work with nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very creepy. Yeah. It's- she doesn't give it up either, man. It's like, dude, like he said, no, thank you. But I honestly think like she also kind of does it to bug him because she's been bothered by him so much. <laughs> That's true. It's a uh, turnabout's fair play. Yeah. Um. So they do both end up standing up on this like little canoe boat and uh, she tries to grab the signals. Uh, well, she tries to hug him and then grab the signals, but he catches her and then throws her off the boat. Um, so that's, that does not work out in her face. Yeah. Uh, and of course, at this point in time, Pinky and Baravelli are at Darwin College to kidnap, um, Mullen and McCarty. Um, he's McCarthy or McCarty? I thought it was McCarthy. McCarthy, okay. It's, uh, McCarty. Mac McCarty. Hardy. Oh, okay. Mac Hardy. <laughs> I think I was just confused listening to it, because I'm like, are they saying McCarthy or McCarty? Okay, thank you, Brad. No. Um, but, of course, again, they already know that these two fools are coming. <laughs> so. Yeah. So they're and they're, they're not really much threat to them anyway. <laughs> no. No, no. No. Um, if the docu- uh, the, the documentary, uh, is any Thing to be believed. They were so much bigger than Barabelli and Pinky. Yeah. yeah. They're like three foot taller. Yeah, yeah. Um, so needless to say, they did not do well in trying to kidnap uh, Mullen and McCarty. In fact, Mullen and McCarty got them locked into a room and basically kidnapped them and took their clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to the clothes. And again, they're not the brightest the way they, they work out to escape. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, it does end up working, I no. I guess. <laughs> but yeah. It's I a need... lot of work, 
But what, you, you think, know. You think they would, if they are going to take their clothes, they also would have taken their saws. Yeah, no. Because I feel like... Yeah, saws. I feel like if, you're, if you want to keep somebody from escaping, more important to take away their saws than, than their clothes. Yeah. Like, taking away their clothes was... I, I felt like, are they just trying to, like, embarrass them? Like, I don't... I, I didn't understand Yeah, the point just be also Like, yeah, like, did you think that, like, once they got out, they were gonna be like, well, we can't leave now, we have no clothes. Like, I mean, I don't... I'm not sure. How embarrassing. My modesty. How embarrassing to be in your... your <laughs> ridiculous uh, 1930s underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough, but also... <laughs> These two guys don't seem like two people who would be super embarrassed. But no. um, so they actually escape twice because they escape once and then get locked into that room and then have to escape again. Yeah, by sawing the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they continue to saw the floor. You would think again, if Mullen McCarty smart, that they would have seen that they sawed the floor once, taken their saws, but they didn't. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe they're also not the smartest. Yeah, maybe maybe football wasn't good uh, with. Uh, I mean, look, we saw the helmets they were wearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, come on. Um, so th- these guys know they have to escape and they've got to get to this football game. They've got to let, uh, you know, uh, Wagstaff know what's happening. They've got to take control of this big football game and kind of try and make things right. They've got to win. They've got to win. Um, they do end up stealing a horse and cart. To, uh, well, it was a garbage yeah, collector's like horse and cart. Yeah, a garbage horse and cart. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like... So does the guy put the garbage in the in the big bin, obviously? But then where does he stand to drive the car? Does he sit on a pile of garbage? Uh, oh, no, gosh. I no, I don't think he's in the actual garbage can. <laughs> I think I think he's. Uh, I don't uh, know. I don't know how it works. Unlike where does he put the garbage then? In the garbage can. Yes, yeah. Oh. So he, but he himself doesn't get in the garbage. Okay. No. Yeah, because oh. it's like the garbage. I was very confused by that. Yeah, I'm 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 looking at the documentary now. I. I am not sure where... I mean, maybe he rides one of the horses for all we know, I guess. Yeah, he could ride the horse. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, Or maybe, like, it's just... They're not going long distance and he's just walking. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And he, this is just a way for, you know, yeah. to not have to carry all of all of it over. Yeah, because I think it's filled with garbage. You don't... You, like, it's going to be hard to, to yeah. push or pull. So you just have the horses, you know, carrying the garbage and you just walk with the horses. Oh, 1932, okay. I will never understand you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's quite a time. Um, all right, so so yeah, they, they finally escape. They steal the, the garbage guy's <laughs> horse and drawn cart. Um, Miravelli steals a bicycle as well. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and this is, by the way, they obviously the game had already started, so the first half is already finishing. And Darwin's the game 12-0 at this point. Um, so, you know, I, 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 think, I don't know if we want to really go into the football game itself, but um, there's some plays that happen. There's some end zones and some goal posts. Mm-hmm. There's some, mm-hmm. yeah, goals. Uh, also, I think we should all realize, you know, the rules were very different in the 1930s. A lot of things were different. Helmets obviously were different and ridiculous. Um, and see, I, I don't see how they could have been of any sort of, uh, um, help at all. No. But um, also, I found it interesting, and again, I don't know the rules for 1932 football, but, like, Wagstaff himself also plays in the game at 
points in time, not the yeah. entire time, but it plays in the game. It points. He's the president of the school, so I, I, I mean, we don't see Jennings getting onto the field. So no. I just am I'm very, I'm very confused. Yeah, yeah. There's also like I, I don't think now you're currently allowed to uh, um, throw as many uh, banana peels out on the field. Oh yeah, not as many. No, no. That's that's hugely we'll limited take now. Or footballs on with you to score goals. Well, that's just really a problem of you, how many footballs can you really hold at a time. Yeah. I don't. I don't know necessarily the rules have changed that much on that. It's just it's not possible to carry a lot of extra footballs around. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and really, you know, at this point, the way that they were able to carry all those footballs is they, I believe, if I remember correctly, they put them in that garbage cart, right, and then carried them. Right, right. They had a garbage cart full of footballs, which I, you know, it's a tactic that I don't think has been used enough in football. And yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you got you, we haven't seen this year's Super Bowl. Everyone knows that my eyes will be glued to the tube when that happens coming up soon and i'm i i'm i would be really excited to see if somebody uh tries to pull the old uh, garbage can football trick again yeah pull the banana pill of course since 9-11 it's also a lot harder to bring um a, a garbage chariot onto a field at a game yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. security issues what about the old uh, tying elastic to a football trick uh, th- now that that's something I don't think that's allowed anymore. Oh. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't interfere with the. Fo- there was the whole deflate gate. I don't know if you remember that. There was um, the whole deflate gate. <laughs> so like you, you, they don't. They're really against you tampering with footballs now. But you know yeah. things have changed. This was 1932. Yeah. Um, and, and as we've stated, these actually were not, I mean, he didn't, ended up not hiring professional football players. So I'm not sure how much they even understood at that time about the game itself either. So they might yeah. not have been privy to all the rules. Either. It's true. Yeah. Um, but they definitely, um, they won the, they won the big game against, uh, Darwin. Um, with yeah, that, with that they, tactic of all the, uh, with all the extra balls. Yeah, so. much to the shock of everyone. Ah. Um, you know, the first, um, American football game was in 1869, so this is honestly a pretty new geek sport. Yeah. Um. See, and then that's, like, very telling, then, because Wag, uh, sorry, Huxley College, um, they won their last, the last game they won was 1888, which is not too far away from the very first first football game. So I'm like, what was expected out of these people? They were still learning the rules of the game. They're still making the rules of the game. Yeah, very. That's wild, Brad. I I didn't realize that. Um, So we do get a, a little cap at the end of this documentary, we want to see, uh, you know, we, we talk sometimes about, like, where are they now? Um, and in this case, I I suppose it's a, re- I don't know, a reward for winning the game. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> but Wagstaff, Baravelli, and Pinky all marry Connie, I, I guess, and at Frank? the same time. Doesn't Frank as well? Oh, yeah, and Frank, I guess. Yeah, Frank is, like, hidden. <laughs> They all marry Connie. They all marry Connie. Yeah. I mean, again, 1930s, very different time. Um, I just don't know about a father-son. Yeah, that's certain, that certainly seems dicey. I don't... Yeah. I, I, I think that's why they don't... We, we see that there's another person in the ceremony, but they're kind of pushed to the side. Yeah. I think the documentary doesn't want us to, uh, to think too much about... A father and son marrying the same woman. Yeah. Yeah. So is this a more uncomfortable wedding we've seen in the documentary or the Pontipi brothers wedding at the end of oh. that documentary? Oh, wow. Oof. 
I mean, I, I feel like this is actually better because I feel like Connie's okay with this. Where the in the Pontipi weddings, I mean, those those women they had some. They all had, yeah. yeah. Also, they all uh, had Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, I I I like that we're turning around. You know, usually a, a bigamous marriage situation is like one creepy cult yeah. leader slash Mormon. Not that there's a difference. Um, that marries a bunch of women, but in this, it's one woman uh, marrying a bunch of men. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like Connie was really ahead of her time in a lot of ways. Definitely. So. Yeah. Um. So that was again. We we all watched the documentary together, which was a delight. I enjoy watching the documentaries with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's documentary Horse Feathers. Um, I don't know if anyone has any other Where Are They Now updates, but uh, I know in the documentary that was the last we saw. And I guess what we're supposed to assume is is happily ever after situation. I think that's the way the documentary wanted to portray it. You know, some crimes involved, but everyone's happy. It's really interesting because we cover a lot of crimes like this. I mean, not like this specifically, but meaning we cover a lot of crimes where the documentaries really want to either make uh, the crime not as serious as they are or make it like well I mean everyone ended up okay so I guess the crime was okay too which is not the case as we discuss Um, just because everyone's happy in the end doesn't mean the crime is okay it's still a crime Uh, so and and I felt like that this documentary even in 1932 even in that time the documentary tried to make like uh, a statement at the end like well everyone's everyone's fine everyone's fine everyone survived so good on you so i just thought that was an interesting way to close out the documentary yeah i'm uh, sure they lived long happy life yeah yeah i'm sure or they didn't it's 1932 again a splinter could take you out so yeah absolutely yeah, yeah true <laughs> so maybe they didn't maybe that's also why it's better to have the, the multiple husband one goes still got two left oh yeah or three left or whatever we don't know how many <laughs> again we didn't want to see Frank at the end, so <laughs> assume I assume he was part of the group, but we didn't see his face. Um, all right, guys, uh, that that was the case. I guess I'm as ready as I'm gonna be. Slightly for the different next part. to last episode. This case. What happened? Slightly different uh, case to last episode. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we try and change it up. We would like to. Uh, I mean, not we don't always look. Not every crime is a murder. Luckily, thankfully, yeah. Not every murder is a crime. Oh. Oh, Claire. Claire. <laughs> don't know about that statement. Oh. Yikes. Um, Claire. I'm concerned that you might go on trial at some point, and I, I don't want to see that happen. I don't want no, to see that good happen. good luck finding defense on that. <laughs> well, the wheel decides that, unfortunately. The wheel decides all. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, uh, Brad, you want to tell us about our next... Uh... Yeah, what do we do? Oh, well, now it's time for Judge, Judge Jury, Jury, and Executioner. Oh, okay. Can I be the uh, the jury, Brad? Claire. What? Claire, why, why would you talk such absolute nonsense? <laughs> uh, we will not be having a jury because we don't want riffraff on our podcast. Oh, I, I don't want to be a riff or a. No, uh, we will have we will have a judge. Yes, 
Uh, we will have a prosecution and a defense. We're not gonna have a jury. Don't don't want random people watching and making decisions for us. That's get out of here. That's not what a podcast is for. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people like to write reviews, like clickety clack, clickety clack. I'm on Amazon. Uh, I'm on I'm on Apple. I'm oh I'm on Google Play. Let's write a review. I don't like this. I don't get to put make my voice heard. Um, start your own podcast. Like go make your voice heard elsewhere. This is not the place for your voice. You know how I know that? Because we're the ones speaking and you aren't. We can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, also, you're in the future right now. Yeah, oh, that's true. You're not even just talking to your computer or phone or in your car to yourself, but you're also talking to us in the past. Yeah, just you're talking work. to ghosts. You're talking to ghost voices. Oh. Yeah. We could be dead. Doing? We could be dead and you're oh talking to a ghost. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like it either, but it's the facts. And these people need to get it through their heads. No jury allowed. We also will not have an executioner because the death penalty is morally <coughs> wrong. Like, Excuse me. See, I could be dead. Oh my, hmm. God. Oh my God. Claire's already on her way out. Yep. Like you missed your chance, guys. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you want to you talk to Claire? Get a Ouija board. <laughs> No executions. Sorry. Deal with it. We're going to have a judge, a prosecution, and a defense for this case. Ooh. Which, which, which can I be? Claire, um, as we decided last month, uh, you're the judge. Oh, is that why I've got this gavel in my hand? Oh. <laughs> That's one of the Hooray. reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was hoping she could be the jury with a gavel in her hand. Yep. That's chaos. I actually have 12 gavels. Oh, whoa. <laughs> just in case. That's that's wild. Um, yep. Um, yes, and this week, uh, Tammy will be a prosecution and I will be defending Professor Wagstaff. Ooh. Okay, well, welcome to my courtroom, everyone. Okay. Uh, welcome. Um, is it, is it Terminator like... courtroom? Did you just play the Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit. <laughs> Uh, I would uh, like to hear from the prosecution first, um, and I would like to hear what charges you are bringing against Professor Wagstaff, and I would also like to say that, uh, you know, I won't have any nonsense, or any horse feathers, we should say, in my courtroom. If you bring any nonsense to me, I'm against it, whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is, or who commenced it, I'm against it. I just want to say that. With that, prosecution. All right. Um, you know, I we, we've all said it at one point in time in our, our courtroom, but man, I wish I could bring some other people <laughs> up on charges and not just uh, Wagstaff, because... Right, listen, we have a long history of uh, charging various people with various crimes. Yeah. Because yeah, I... Okay, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, it'll be up to, just like in, in previous cases, it'll be up to the judge to allow or not allow. Yep. I have the power and the gavel. Yeah. Because I'm going to bring up uh, charges. They're going to be the same charges against two different people. Ooh. Okay. Well, I, I guess I could say multiple people. But um, so the first, well, I'm going to start with Wagstaff. Uh, Quincy Adams Wagstaff, not Frank. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to bring up that Frank is just dunce and just stayed in college for 12 years. I'm, I I feel like that's more sad than an actual uh, crime, so I won't bring that up. And I guess if you can just pull it and never have to work and you could just stay in college, why not? Why not, really? Um, so the first charge against uh, Wagstaff is he is hired. He hired two men to 
pretend to be college students um, and hired them to be on his football team, in his college football team. He uh, tried to pretend that they were college students. He had them sign a blank piece of paper. Uh, he said it was going to fill it out, but um, as far as we know, uh, I could not find in any of the court documents that I, tr I tried to pull from 1932. And again, trying to pull information from 1932, I will say, was a bit of a challenge. But um, yeah. could not pull any documentation where they'd signed anything but a blank sheet of paper. So that was not official documentation to get them into the college. Uh, so he just hired the two men to play on a college football team, and they are not college students. So that's the first charge. The second one was um, having Baravelli and Pink attempted kidnapping on Mullins and McCarty. I'm not bringing the charge against Baravelli and Pinky. I'm actually bringing the charge against Wagstaff as the criminal mastermind behind the uh, kidnapping. I actually feel like if he did it himself, it might have gotten done, but he asked Baravelli and Pinky and know how this turned out via the documentary. But it was attempted kidnapping, even though they ended up not kidnapping, thus being attempted. So, Judge, if I ask the court for the following charges to also be brought, okay. totally up to um, Jennings did hire two professional football players who were not college students to be on his college football team. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, while Wagstaff didn't hire professionals, he did hire two people who were not college to be on his team. Jennings actually hired two professional football players to be on his And then, um, also, uh, McMullins and McCarty actually did kidnap Baravelli and Pinky. And I'm not going to call Jennings the mastermind. He gave them a heads up. They may, you know, that these guys were going to attempt to kidnap them. But he didn't tell them to kidnap these guys. Um, uh, Mullins and McCarty did that on their own. So the charges are against them and not Jennings in that case. So that's four charges, two of which, against, again, are not against Wagstaff. So that is up to a uh, judge if you would like to let those stand or not. I will allow it. Wow, I'm I'm shocked and delighted. Good. I like to delight you. Yes. Oh. Uh, okay. Defense. Would you uh, do you need some time to uh, to create your defense for these new charges? Uh, yeah, we'll 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 do we'll do all of these uh, one by one. It's all fine. Um, okay. I. Now, how are we, how, wait, hold up, but how are we going to do this, though? Are we going to do these all at once, or are we going to break these apart? What do we want to do? We can bring Professor Wagstaff um, up for charges first, if you like, for uh, hiring two men to pretend to be on the college football team and attempted kidnapping. Okay. On the subject of Professor Wagstaff uh, um, hiring these men to pretend to be students, um, I'm sorry, I saw them in a classroom. I don't think they were pretending to be students. I think they were brought in as students. I, I think the problem here is one that we're looking at this with, with a 2021 mindset where we're obsessed with accredita accreditation. We're obsessed with the idea that, oh, for someone to get to college, they have to um, have this GPA and they, oh, they have to apply through these means and they have to go through the system and, oh, yes, they should go to a good high school and then put in proper uh, uh, documentation to become a college. This was a different time. A, a large percentage of the population was barely literate. Uh, the idea that you had to jump through the hoops that you have to now to get into a college, not the case. 
Uh, at this point in time, uh, they were so many young people had had died in World War One, like and of varying diseases and splinters. Uh, the idea of being able to uh, be of an age to even go to college was uh, uh, an amazing delight. Uh, it was pretty much just, hey, write an essay, and uh, maybe we'll let you in this college. Mostly, it's who you know, um, as it always is. And it turns out that uh, the president of the college enrolled some people in in there. So yeah. He put him in mid-semester. Strange, but you know what? That's not so much uh, a problem of, of him hiring uh, fake uh, students to be um, football players, as it's just a, it's a real uh, problem with the system where uh, a college uh, professor can have the power uh, to do that. So this is a problem with the system, uh, and unfortunately, this is just the way things were done. I don't like it. I don't think that a college president should be able to decide who should get to go to the school or not, but you know what? That's always been the case. And the people with power and connections to people with power are the people that get into the schools. And that's what happened here. So Okay, okay. Alright. And defense. What do you have to say? That is Brett. Oh sorry, sorry, um, it's because I've got hang on, hang on. Wait, yeah, and um, let, let I, uh oh, let I guess let Brad do yeah. the other um yeah, charge okay. against. Sorry, I was having a knock on no. the Judge, I am sure that you have a lot going on in your life. So whatever, whatever you need, whatever you want, we are here thank you, to thank serve you. the court. Um, now thank on, you, thank you. Now, on to the subject of uh, the attempted kidnapping. Listen, Waxf says a lot of things. He's a person that I necessarily wouldn't take serious constantly. Uh, I don't trust that, like, he expected them to actually attempt to kidnap these football players. Uh, look at Baravelli and Pinky, and look at these football players. Uh, clearly, this cannot stand. Uh, there, there's no way they could have successfully done anything against them. This was clearly uh, taken out of context by as as the prosecution has said that she doesn't believe that Baravelli and Pinky were the brightest, I think maybe uh, they misinterpreted or took a joke seriously. I just don't think we can hold him responsible for uh, what what they did. Um, also, they clearly failed. Uh, they were tempted at kidnapping. They had no chance of a kidnapping. Why are we going to hold Professor Wagstaff responsible for for what two what what two dummies did? No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, prosecution? Yeah. Do you have anything to add for that with these charges? Yeah. So on these two charges specifically, um, with the first one, um, I, now I, I will say I agree with the defense. I think that the way to get into colleges um, is ridiculous, not only in 1932, but now even. <laughs> I think that there are some standards that are, um, as as we've seen in celebrity cases who have gotten their children into colleges, uh, there's a lot of faulty, faulty ways to get in. And it is in, in who you know. And I think if we did not have the moment in the documentary where he did have them sign a blank piece of paper showing that he was aware they had to be registered with the school Objection. to attend the school. Objection. Since when is it illegal to sign a blank piece of paper? I will allow the prosecution to continue. Thank you. Um, he told them that he would fill it in, but it was that they were signing the paper and he would fill it in at a, another time, which again, could not find record of that he ever filled this in, that they were registered with the school. If we didn't have that scene in the documentary, I could agree that maybe in 1932, the requirements were so lax that they didn't have to register with the school. They could just show up. But because of that, I... I 
have to make that determination that he knew what he was doing. He knew that these students were there um, illegally and they were not actually students in the school. They were simply there to be football players. Ridiculous. Um, to, you know, and, and he did not have them actually register with the school. Um, and it was interesting because you did say they were barely literate and yet they would have had to write an essay. I, so I did not, not say they were barely literate. I said most of the country was barely literate. <laughs> I okay, um, but either way, I think it's uh, you know they which I I feel like Pinky just signed with an X as well. So, so I do think that barely literate could, could potentially be true to be honest. Um, but they okay. but Baravelli mentioned that there was nothing on the paper. Uh, the next uh, statement about or the next charge, sorry, against uh, Baravelli and Pinky and their attempted kidnapping. Wagstaff. Okay, so your theory is that Wagstaff made a joke and these guys took it seriously absolutely if i were to believe the documentary he was being very serious and he didn't know who mullins and mccarty were other than jennings hired two professional football players and pinky and baravelli were to go look for them so there would have been no way for him to know how big these guys were what their size were that baravelli and pinky couldn't take them or anything like that he wouldn't have known any of that information because he had never seen them he didn't know who they were he just knew that they were two guys that he was supposed to hire and he didn't hire so i don't know how we can ascertain that he made a joke or that he would have known that that baravelli and peaky couldn't have kidnapped them because he didn't know who they were okay uh all right i'm making some notes here and i've got a lot to think about with these charges is there anything else you would like to add uh, on on the subject of uh, the, the the proof is in that they signed this document. No, absolutely. The pr- the document that they signed is the absolute proof that they were students. He said he was going to fill it in later. You couldn't find it. I, I'm sorry, you couldn't find it. There's a document from 1932. I understand how that could get lost. But that means there's a document. That means they were actually enrolled as students. That proves the case that these aren't people that he just hired as a scam. He actually, there was an actual document. And now, maybe it wasn't uh, done in a normal way where, yeah, we had the document ready. It's like, I'll just go ahead and sign this. We'll fill it in later. I don't like it. It's not the best way to do things, but we cannot put best practices on trial. Uh, This is a subject of were they enrolled as students? And yes, they were clearly enrolled as students. They were in classes. Their documents were assigned. They were students. I don't like it. That's not the way it should be done, but that's the way it was done. And they were students. So no problem there. Now to this idea that he should be responsible for what, for what these people did. He didn't even know who they were. He's just saying, go kidnap somebody. I didn't, it's so vague. What does it mean? He can't be held responsible. I mean, I want you to, to, to really, really think about this, this situation. You, you would want to hold someone responsible just because they vaguely say, go do something like, hey, go, go to this place. And, and they just, and, and the people listen and they go to the place and they break through the doors and they are like wearing like a big helmet and like waving flags around. That's not, that's not the person that said, go do this is fault, obviously, as we all know. The person, <laughs> the people responsible are the people that break in wearing silly outfits. The people that are uh, live streaming. The people that are making funny phone calls. Those are the people uh, that that uh, clearly need to be held responsible. Not the person that instigates the incident. I, I'm sorry, but like, look at American history. At what point has the person that incident that instigates the incident are they held responsible you're not going to find an example of that in legal precedents anywhere in history 
So clearly, Wagstaff cannot be charged. Also, may I point out that this crime happened in 1932. It's past. We need to move on. We need to move on as a country and as a society. We need to move on. We need to look forward, not backward. I, okay. I, I thought I was done, but I do have some, some things to say. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, do you have a closing statement? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I looked through the records in 1932. I found all the other student records. I did not find a record all for of these. You found all of them? Yeah. I went through the yearbook and then looked through the, the documents of registered students. I even Go found some registered students yearbook that not were documents. not in the yearbook. Uh, uh, uh. Please let, please let the prosecution continue with their closing statement. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I spent some time researching this case. Um, but yeah, I, I looked through, I found some registered students that didn't make it in the yearbook that year. But everyone that was in the yearbook was definitely registered. And these two specific students, no record of them being students. And going to one class that they showed up to, again, listening to Wagstaff. I know you said that we can't blame Wagstaff on anything. But listening to him, these two people followed him into a classroom. And as far as records of someone in history not being charged with some a, a crime just for being a mastermind, I will note the case of Charles Manson, who definitely... <laughs> <laughs> he himself didn't murder people, but he, he masterminded it and was also found uh, guilty. We're looking forward, not backwards. Thank you. Uh, we have to look backward if we're covering a case from 1932, unfortunately. Also, mm -hmm. I really was thinking how uh, how uh, interesting it would be to have a live stream in 1932. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, we got the documentary, which is great, but wow, a live stream. Can oh, wow, we're we'll reporting from the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where right. we go one, we go all. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my my closing statements on those. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, do you have anything, any last thing to add, defense? As your closing um, statement. Yes. Uh, again, I I find the idea of looking through these documents from the 30s, I find it ridiculous. I find the idea of looking at yearbooks to be uh, useless. These were students that were um, brought in later. I don't I don't trust these comments that you've looked at all of the records from 19. 32 i no i find that very questionable uh, uh please I do not seen. besmirch the the uh uh the reputation of uh, of your colleague i the documents have not been uh brought to the court they have been entered as evidence this is hearsay um so clearly we got to throw that out and again uh wagstaff can't be responsible for what people do um based on jokes he makes uh, clearly, there's American precedent uh, that you can't hold people responsible for things that they vaguely suggest other people do, even if they find it really funny and they like it, and there's video of them watching it and smiling. That's not enough. Okay. Uh, I need to think about this. Uh, would you like to move on to the other charges? Uh, charges against Jennings is that he hired two professionals. And, um, yes. And then charges of kidnapping against Mullins and McCarty. Yes. So I guess the defense can go because I already okay. I already did my part. Okay. <laughs> I already did the opening part. <laughs> 
Um, on the subject of them hiring uh, these football players, um, I I don't I don't know. Um, don't know anything about this. Um, it, do we know? Uh, do we have documentation that they weren't also students? Like I I think this is this is the same as the case under Wagstaff. Like I I don't know that they're not students. Things are different in the 30s. So I think that's the the exact same case. Like we don't know what the situation is with how these people were hired, and the prosecution is certainly not delivered any evidence to uh, show whether they were or were not students. We know that they were professional football players. Uh, we know that they were um, brought in to play in this game, but were they brought in as students? I don't know. So there's just, there's there's no way to know. So I don't think we can prosecute someone for that. On the subject of the kidnapping, clearly this was self-defense. These people, the, these people came to kidnap them. They were clearly a uh, danger. This was self-defense. They were protecting themselves. They locked them in a room. Uh, they escaped with saws. That is a dangerous weapon. Uh, can I point out that uh, Bear, um, uh, Pinky uh, hit uh, one of them with, with uh, a mallet at one point. These are dangerous people. Uh, so we we've, we know that there's a history of, of Pinky harassing police officers, um, um, kidnapping police officers. Like, these are people that are dangerous. They also were both involved with illegal, um, illegal alcohol activity. Uh, they were bootleggers. So, yeah, when someone came to kidnap uh, these football players, uh, yeah, they locked them up. Sure, who wouldn't? Who would want them free? Why aren't they on trial is the question I have. Why aren't they the ones on trial? These people, I, they locked them up. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't come after them. Uh, they came to their home to kidnap them. They locked them away for protection. They escaped. They locked them away again. Again, didn't hit them with a mallet. Didn't bring out a saw. They just took their clothes. So I think, uh, no, absolutely not. We gotta, we gotta let these guys go. Okay. Um, what about, okay. So do you have any closing statement just for either of those? Oh. <laughs> for those charges? Okay. So with, uh, Jenning, I was trying to find documentary, uh, the doc documentary, the documentary. <laughs> I can't today, sorry guys. Um, transcript, but I I thought and and judge maybe you might remember um, or or defense. Um, unlike the defense, I fully trust the defense. He might not trust me, but that's that's fine. Um, I thought that it was clear that Jennings had hired two professional football players um, at the time before Wagstaff even arrived to Casey. So. I thought that that had been made clear, um, which that is the charge is that he hired two professional football players. And I did not go into their uh, records to see if they were college students or not, as the whole point or the purpose was to hire professional football players instead of using the students that attended the college. Mm -hmm. And that would be the point of hiring professionals, which is why I, I didn't say Wagstaff hired professionals because he, he didn't. He hired Baravelli and Pink. Um, he just hired two average Joes. Um, so really, my case rests on the fact that I, I really thought I heard in the documentary that we already knew he hired professionals. So sorry, Judge, I guess do with that what you will. <laughs> Because I don't have time to look script. Um, the kidnapping of Mullins and McCarty. That's interesting. First of all, I guess maybe I don't feel bad for police officers that Pinky harassed. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just, just putting it out there that I, I find him to be a hero in that scenario. <laughs> and not a menace to society that you are attempting to make him out to be. <laughs> 
Um, and I really thought we had a precedence on this uh, <laughs> this particular uh, courtroom. I'm just saying he, he has a penchant for uh, kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, harassing, harassing police officers. Um, and as we mentioned when we talked about the attempted kidnapping of Mullins and McCarty, they Pinky and Baravelli were of no match for for Mullins and McCarty. No match at all. There was no there was no time. In fact, that's why Mullins and McCarty left them with their saws. They were not even concerned about being injured by Baravelli and Pinky. There was no point in time where they felt like their life was in danger. There was no point in time where they felt like this was self-defense. They were only kidnapping them to keep them away from the game and so they could go pursue their illegal actions of being professional football players in a college level game. So I the fact that you're saying that they <laughs> that this was self-defense in any way shape or form is uh, it's unreal to me that that's that's the case that you're making after you shared that um, that Baravelli and Pinky earlier were no match for Mullins and McCarty and why would we think that they would kidnap them? So it's Either they were or they weren't. That's, These are two it's separate a, cases, clearly. It's, uh, well, <laughs> but but the judge happens to be ruling on them altogether. So yes. I, I feel like the judge to have the full picture. And I do not believe that Mullins and McCarty felt that their life was in danger at all and therefore left them with, with the saws. They didn't even think to take them. In fact, they took their clothes, theft, they took their clothes as a way to humiliate them because they were so... They, they were so not concerned. They just thought, oh, we, we're not even worried about these guys hurting us. In fact, let's make fun of them and steal their clothes and leave them in their old-timey underwear. I, just to clarify, though, we are not charging them with theft. We are charging them yeah, with correct, kidnapping. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, correct. No, it's just the... But I'm, I'm just saying that to, to add to the fact that it definitely was not self-defense, they, they even stole their clothes. So, But no, I'm not, okay. I'm not charging them with, with theft. I mean, honestly, they could use a, a new wardrobe. I mean, maybe... I don't <laughs> with their know. tiny sweaters. Yeah. Okay. All right, I've got a lot to think about. Um, thank you for all these details. I'm going to go to my chambers and I'm gonna um, gonna have some jelly beans and maybe oh. a cup of tea and think about this. So off here I go. Here's my footsteps. <laughs> All right, and and I'm Claire. I'm the court reporter. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How do you think you did? I think I I think I did well. Feel great. Feel great. Also, I think you both did fabulously. Also, I really I I really like the fact that Judge. Claire, uh, Judge Claire, not you, re- court reporter Claire, but no, Judge no, no, Claire, no. is wearing such a fancy outfit that, like, we could hear her little heels tapping away as she walked away. Oh, she's very fashionable. Such a professional. It's everything yeah. she does. Yeah. yeah, oh, I think I hear her coming back. Yeah, hello, it's me, Judge Claire. Uh, that's how I announce myself every time I come into the court. <laughs> Uh, please everybody uh, rise and I'm going to give my verdict Um, had a lot to think about um, because I will say that uh, there were crimes uh, committed by by uh, the people in this uh, in this case, um, but they were all so delightful that I really struggled just to whether I want to actually find them guilty or not. However, I put my feelings aside about any uh, uh, delightful musical numbers they may have performed, um, and I'm thinking just about the crimes. Okay, so. 
the charges against Professor Wagstaff for the charges of the fact that he hired two men to pretend to be uh, on college footballers, uh, I find him guilty. Because he did, he did get them to sign uh, something which was completely fake. Uh, thus, thus proving that he knew that there was uh, there was fraud going on. Um, that this was this was uh, a criminal act, and he brought them on thinking that they were professional footballers to be on his college team. Uh, I'm then going to go to one of the other charges, which is Jennings hiring two professionals, and I'm going to say he's also guilty. If Wagstaff is guilty then so is Jennings uh, because he did also hire two professionals uh, on the uh, on the charge of attempted kidnapping I find Professor Wagstaff not guilty uh, because he did not do the attempted kidnapping he suggested it uh, but I don't even think he really suggested it that much and really it is up to them they were two grown men and they have to decide what they are going to do um, and on the charge of kidnapping for uh, Mullen and McCartney McCartney I can't speak McCarty yeah yeah uh, on the charge of kidnapping I'm going to say not guilty um, I believe that uh, they they didn't really kidnap them they were they were not acting in self-defense but they were just being bothered by these two people that had got to kidnap them and just wanted to basically get them out of the way <laughs> I, I'm glad to know that um, this judge if someone's bothering me I can hold them against their will in a room yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I do <laughs> Yeah, but they did. They did leave them with saws, thus providing a means of escape. It's like that other documentary saw, in which someone is chained in a room, but it's left a saw as a means of escape. So you know, there you go. Uh, therefore, you know, in that case, um, it was not kidnapping because there was a saw to 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 ease their escape. Uh, so my decision is final. Thank you. Oh, yeah. um, I, I, I will say thank you. And also I found in the transcript where Jennings definitely paid these guys to play in the game. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I was thinking I remember that as well for the documentary. Yeah. Yes. So, but so what's interesting? What's interesting, uh, Brad, to your point, is he paid them to enroll as students and paid them half up front and half mm-hmm. on the back end, but still paid them as professionals just to play in this one game. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it didn't have anything to do with them enrolling in as students in Darwin College. Just that he was paying them um, to play in this game, and and they weren't they were pretending to be students. So very interesting stuff. Thank you, Brad, for bringing us this case. That was a good one. Yes, thank you. Congratulations to both of you. Yeah. And thank you for complimenting my heels. Oh, oh, you heard that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I hear all. Oh, <laughs> I'll make sure I remember that going forward. <laughs> <laughs> I got little bugs everywhere in my courtroom. Oh my gosh. Yikes. Oh. Apparently also not illegal, so we're just... <laughs> I'm I'm glad to learn that that uh, Claire's being hired as uh, one of the lawyers for Trump's defense team. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has to do it. (laughs) Yeah, but they keep uh, they keep uh, quitting. So uh, maybe somebody doesn't have to do it. I'll do it, but I am going to quit very shortly. Don't worry. You have all intention of, of quitting immediately after. Yes, absolutely. All right. Day um, before the trial. 
that, guys, the case of the podcast versus Professor Wagstaff. Thank you so much for, for joining us on, on that ride. Um, the next case we are going to cover is going to be um, the podcast versus Henry Evan. Yeah. And the, the case of the good son. Nice. Uh, dark, sounds, dark tale. Yeah, it, it sounds creepy because it is kind of creepy. I remember watching uh, this documentary back in the 90s, um, not when it came out. And uh, if and Claire and Brad can tell you, I, I do not watch a lot of uh, murder documentaries on my own. Uh, I Especially late at night, I get scared. I have to call them and say, guys, I'm so scared. <laughs> but I do remember watching this, and I feel like maybe with my family, so... <laughs> That tells you something about me. (laughs) Nice. Henry, come on down here. Behind his smile lies a secret. Here, my two of them, so we can be brothers. Hey, Mark, come on, let's go. Where are we going? Behind his eyes lies a plan. Who is he? Mr. Highway. Wow. What are you going to do with him? And behind the image of a good son. Coming? So what are you guys up to out there? Sorry, Mom. Top secret. Where are we going? We're here. Lies the terrifying truth. Say goodbye. No! Did you know what you did? You could have killed people. I feel sorry for you. You just don't know how to have fun. What? You know things. Well, some things. What if there was this boy? He did these terrible things because he liked doing Such a sweet little thing. It'd be too bad if something were to happen to her. Would you say he was evil? I don't believe in evil. You should. When innocence is just a mask. Do you really think I'd hurt her? You wouldn't. You are Mark. When trust becomes a weapon, then anyone can become the next victim. Henry. No. Susan! If I let you go, you think you could fly? Macaulay Culkin, The Good Son. Um, so that is next on the agenda. Brad, you want to tell us who will be judge, defense, and prosecution in that case? Yes. So next time on the podcast, as judge, Tammy. (gasps) Prosecution, me. And Claire, you will be defending. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Claire, you'll be defending little Henry Evan. He's he's an angel, really. Well, we'll we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. All right, <laughs> oh, no. guys. Uh, anything else for this episode of Absolutely True True Crime before we sign out? Um, I mean, I think we learned a lot about about football mm-hmm, and about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot yeah. about more about thirties fashions. I, I've enjoyed thirties fashions, but yeah. I feel like. Connie really, really knew what she was doing. Really she was fashion I, forward. She was super fashion forward. I also love that uh, turtlenecks in a jacket. Strong. <laughs> strong true. in the 30s. <laughs> but, uh, their pants, though. I will say so. <laughs> their pants are Their pants not great. High. Their pants not great. But those turtlenecks and jackets, forever and always. <laughs> Classic. 
Alright guys, well then that's it. We're out of here. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via true true crime at reactionary-sass.com. Join our absolutely true true crime Facebook group and follow us at True True Crime on Twitter. Call the SAS line 321-710-4947. And maybe you can help solve a mystery. Our other podcast and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com. <laughs>